and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hartitz, and today we're going to answer some questions. We're going to go over some trades. Fantasy Football Draft Season is here. If you want a more general strategy, your drafts tomorrow, you have no idea what's going on, you just want to learn, hey, go back a week, check out myself and Dwayne McFarland talking all things draft strategy on the 820 edition of this episode. But took the privilege a couple of days ago, asked you all, what are your fantasy questions? What do you have questions about ahead of your drafts? We're going to get to those. And also some big news that happened. So I am joined by two regulars on this podcast, Andrew Erickson, Dwayne McFarland, both employed by our lovely employer, PFF, just an exhilarating intro by myself. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. Just finished up an underdog draft because we're two weeks out from the season. So ready to get going. I got Sony Michelle in the 12th round. Love to see it. Dwayne, how's it hanging? Dude, little, little left, but doing good. Wayne, I was hitting up our Slack chat saying, Hey boys, it's five Oh one time to drink. And you know what? I think that's a good, good way to live life. So if you're out there and it's, you know, nine Oh one hell, I'm giving you permission, crack open a drink. Cause we got some good stuff to go over boys. Let's start things off with the Sony Michelle trade end up being a pretty hectic Wednesday for all of us. Fantasy footballers out there. Daryl Henderson season RB one, RB two, whatever you want to call him, may be over. We do have Sean McVay saying that Henderson's role might not change. We also have Adam Schefter saying Sony Michelle will probably be the league guy. If you guys did not hear about the trade, basically Rams were able to acquire Sony with not one, but two conditional draft picks. Dwayne, let's start things off with the Rams side of things. How are you, I guess, just viewing this split now between Henderson and Sony Michelle? Yeah, I didn't move Henderson too far down because I still think he's the more explosive back. Um, you know, just when you look at all of his metrics, so I still like him, but it is enough that I'm just like, man, here we go again. If Malcolm Brown could keep this guy off the field last year when Cam Akers was out. So last year in the games where Cam Akers didn't play, um, you know, or didn't play at least 20% of the snaps. That's what I capped Akers at. Like Henderson was just never able to fully take hold of the role even then even you know, with just Malcolm Brown in the way. So I think we would all probably agree that we think Sony Michelle is an upgrade from Malcolm Brown. So I think that can be problematic. Um, my, my guess on what the role is going to be is a little different than what I read, you know, in the news. So, you know, the general manager Les Snead was saying he thought they got a, a first and second down back that'll put his foot in the ground. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you've watched Sony Michelle, um, but I think what you got is a guy that you can use on third down and more in your passing work. And Daryl Henderson's really already the guy that can just hit the gap and go and give you the big plays. It's almost like he was calling Daryl Henderson a dancer, which he's really not. Um, you know, now he's always been a, a wide zone guy instead of a power running back. Um, and they've asked him to run a lot of wide zone, but I've kept Henderson up there, Ian. Like I've, the problem is it's the dead zone. You know, I don't want to spend too much time. I'm trying to avoid these running backs. I'm trying to take receivers at that point. And Daryl Henderson was a guy that I was, I at least was keeping the door open for there was some upside there. And I think now there's less upside. Yeah, I think if his ADP like doesn't drop significantly, I'm just going to continue not draft him because he was already in the dead zone for me, right in that RB18 range. Now he's down to RB29. I'm drinking a little bit more of the Kool-Aid that this is going to be more of a two-back committee now. Uh, you know, we just need to get our new information and process it. I see some folks trying to say, oh no, this is good news because Sony Michelle is an easier guy to beat out than someone else they could bring in. No, they sent two draft picks for him. Clearly he's going to have a role. Andrew, how big of a ranking change did you make here? Yeah, I moved Henderson down a tier. So he was like in more of the top of the RB dead zone that I was kind of like interested in potentially that I would take a stab on because there are particular guys like a Chris Carson. I like DeAndre Swift. I like of 
you know, specifically those running backs because I like their roles and their offenses potentially. So Henderson was kind of there because I liked the potential top 15 upside because if he's the lead back in this high flying offense, like I could see that kind of playing out, but Michelle's presence obviously kind of caps that from even being a thing. Like we're not going to see Henderson be a top 15 back. So he's like RB 24 for me because last year when he was splitting time with Malcolm Brown, he was RB 23 and expected fantasy points per game. So that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at a guy who could be a back end RB two in a committee, you know, he, and he scored touchdowns last year too. So that's like also factoring the, that he even gets goal line work, which we've seen Sony Michelle get as well. So I get the move to get Michelle in. I think that they were looking for someone to run with more power. Michelle was ninth in yards per yards per uh, after contact last year per attempt. So again, I agree with Dwayne how, you know, I don't know why Michelle is like viewed as this like power running back, but that's kind of how the Patriots use him as like this, like in between the tackles grinder. And it's like the Rams are just going to do the same thing, even though that's not how he was used at Georgia. Like he was so much of a better running back at Georgia. It's just, it's just like not even like watching the same guy. So yeah, I'm not as high on, on Daryl Henderson, and I'd rather probably take Sony Michelle again if the ADP gaps are so wide. Yeah, where did you put where did you put um, Sony? If I missed that, Andrew, where did I put you put him? him up I to? put him at RB44, and then I drafted him in the underdog draft I just did in the 12th round, and that that felt like it was decent value there with with my build that I was doing. Where'd you put him in? RB 40. I got him behind most of the flexes with benefits in front of like Pollard Madison, the pure uh, handcuff guys. Where you got him doing? I got him at 47, but I'm right there with you guys. Like I have him in that range, you know, it's a tier, you know, we probably all have him basically in the same tier. Um, and I put him right behind the flex with benefits, you know, kind of guys um, just because I like their upside more, but depending on your roster construction and what you need, you could easily take Michelle and turn around and take one of those guys. I guess the only thing I would push back on, I see some people saying like Sony is, I, I don't want to just say he's straight dust at this point, maybe in 2019, like that was a rough one, but I think people are just still holding back the 2018 playoff run where he's scoring touchdowns that pretty much anyone probably could have fallen to the end zone has a bad 2019. As Andrew said, he's never resembled the same explosive guy we saw at Georgia, but last year for the first time, he was actually looking pretty damn good until he could not stay healthy. So last year, PFF rushing grade Henderson, 78.8 Michelle, 76.5 Henderson forced 0.01 more missed tackles per rush yards per carry Henderson, 4.5 Michelle, 5.7 yards after contact per attempt Henderson 2.7 Michelle 3.4 only a 79 carry sample for Michelle I'm not saying he's better than Henderson I agree Henderson is better but you know what it really doesn't matter what we think guys it matters what Sean McVay and the Rams think they sent two backs two draft picks for him I do think we're going to see pretty much a two back committee here in LA it's unfortunate we want all the one back workhorses we can get. Sorry, Daryl Henderson investors, but you know what? Like he's still going to be a quality guy. So if you've already done your draft and you have Daryl Henderson, maybe you're not getting that RB one upside anymore. But as Andrew said, he was the RB 23 with Malcolm Brown there. So that could certainly be his floor guys. Good stuff. We're going to go to the questions we were getting over at PFF fantasy football, Twitter page. First up, we got Jamar chase. Apparently back to having some good practices after a drop filled preseason game. What are your guys' level of concern with Jamar chase and where would you rank him? Andrew, we'll start with you. I have just concerns about the Bengals offense starting the season slow. And that kind of translates over to Jamar chase who hasn't played, you know, real football since 2019. So I, I think that the expectations for him to come out of the gates blazing as a round four pick, which means you have to basically start him right away, I think is kind of, it's not going to work out for you in the early on in the season. Again, I, I moved him down a little bit because 
you know, I, I took that more into consideration. I was like, really, I was really out, you know, in front of everybody else on chase. Cause we're all really excited. And you kind of look and be like, well, you know, I'd probably just rather have Higgins or, you know what, Tyler Boyd's going to have like a lot of consistent targets in this offense. He's probably going to be one of Burrow's main check down guys. So I have both of those guys in a full point PPR. I have both Higgins and Boyd above chase. I like the long-term outlook, but when you have matchups against the Minnesota Vikings, Chicago bears and Pittsburgh Steelers, the first three weeks of the season with Burrow coming back, I just get concerned that this isn't, this offense is not going to come out of the gates blazing. And I'm afraid that chase might start the season kind of slow. So he's not someone that I'm necessarily looking to draft. Maybe someone I'm looking to target and trade after a slow start. Yeah, Vikings getting Daniel Hunter back and just a little bit of help at corner. I mean, I don't think that defense is going to be ranked bottom five in scoring again. Dwayne, Jamar Chase concern. Are you now ranking him as the number three Bengals receiver as well? No, I want to buy the dip on this because I haven't been able to get Jamar Chase because I wasn't as aggressive as Andrew was early on. Um, I own a little bit, um, but not enough. And so I just went back because I'm, I'm putting together an article for tomorrow that'll come out on Monday. This really just going back and looking at rookie receivers, second year receivers, and then just older receivers, like when they start to hit their wall. And so I found this interesting and I've seen this before, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. So whenever, since 2011, top six pick receivers. So here's their finishes. AJ Green, wide receiver 17. Amari Cooper, wide receiver 21. Corey Davis, wide receiver 85. Julio Jones, wide receiver 21. Justin Blackman. Ian, remember old Justin Blackman, wide receiver 29. He was pick five back in the day. And then you have Sammy Watkins, who finished as wide receiver 27. So I agree with everything Andrew just said, but if I'm looking at the season long-term, I still like Jamar Chase and I'm, I'm now getting a discount. I do have T Higgins, T Higgins ranked one spot ahead of him because Higgins has already shown us what he can do, um, you know, at the NFL level. And I feel really good about him. And if Chase does struggle out of the gate, it could give Higgins a little bit of a chance to distance himself. But for me with, with Chase, now I'm starting to see him actually fall into a reasonable price range. And so I want to get exposure because that's a pretty good hit rate. I mean, you got one true bust in there with Corey Davis, but all the others you could live with wide receiver, 17, 21, 21, 29, 27, we're Worst case scenario, if you get like wide receiver 36 out of it, but you have an upside of wide receiver 12 down the stretch, I still think Chase is worth buying. Um, but I do agree with Andrew. I think it's going to be tough out of the blocks. A Jalen Waddle rant disguised as Jamar Chase. Back. That was a Jalen. Dude, you're still in the thunder for my article. I'm gonna, I don't want to slam the desk in because you've already been told that like we make people like have accidents on, in the, on the freeway. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to fake it. <laughs> okay, guys. Kyle Pitts, will he break the record for most fantasy points by a rookie tight end? I looked this up. I knew Mike Dicka had the touchdown record. 233.6 PPR points for reference in 2020. Only Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller scored more than that. They're the only tight ends over 180. So this is, you know, a lot to ask, but basically like how good do we think Kyle Pitts can be year one? I know we all have him as a top five tight end, but are we going to look back and almost be like, Hey, we should have drafted this dude even higher. Cause he could have a Waller esque impact from day one. Or do you think, Hey, he's a rookie tight end. Chill the hell out. Andrew, what you got? I'm going to go with no, because taking the unders usually ends up working out because injuries happen, even though there's an extra game. But for me, again, I think that Kyle Pitts can, you know, he can have over a thousand yards receiving and be really good. I just still think that I like Hawkinson and Andrews a little bit more. I think that those guys are more proven tight ends and look, not ever all, not all rookie pass catchers hit again. I'm not, don't want to bring up the conversation about Kyle Pitts being a rookie tight end. Cause it doesn't matter because he's not going to be used like that. So it's, it's a mute point at this, you know, in this discussion, but not every, again, we just listed off the, the rookie pass catchers that, that Dwayne talked about, you know, how many of those guys hit that threshold. So I think that's interesting. And 
I'm not so sure that Kyle Pitts will break the record. Dwayne, what say you? Are we looking at Pitts too much as a tight end saying, hey, we got a number one receiver here that should have told his agent to call him that, but hey, we didn't, so here we are. Yeah, I I love what Andrew said. It's the year of nothing matters. It's the year of that doesn't matter. That analysis doesn't matter. It's so funny. It's like everything is just like if you just look at a player and you think they're good, they're good. And that's all you need. Um, and to some extent, like that, that's the beauty of fantasy and why we play is because we do want these players we like to be good. Um, but I, I still like Pitts. Um, so I'm trying to get exposure, but I'm I'm like Andrew. I technically have TJ Hawkinson ranked ahead of him, and Hawkinson goes after him. So it makes it hard for me to really get a lot of exposure to pits, but when he falls into the fifth round, I'm pulling the trigger. Here's what I'll say though. If you're an aggressive drafter and you've been willing to take a player like Jamar chase in the fourth round, you've been willing to take, you know, T Higgins early in the fourth round. And you want to take a player like that over say Robert Woods or Cooper cup or Tyler Lockett say that's your DNA as a drafter. What I would say is when you're going to pull that trigger, if you really feel that way and you're into that type of talent, then why not just go ahead and make it Kyle Pitts because it gives you the differentiation at the position that those others don't. And you can still come back and get some of those other receivers. So I've done a couple of drafts, Ian, just to put myself into the shoes of the listener. I said, all right, coming out around this turn four pick, I'm going to get really aggressive um, at the three, four turn. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts and see how I feel about my team. And I'll be honest, I feel really good about my team when I get done with my draft. Um, and I, I just know that if I miss on him and I'm not, I'm not rostering another tight end. I'm, I'm unless it's best ball. I'm drafting as if I'm right. Like that's the other thing this season draft as if you're right. Like don't we always draft as if we're right. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay with pits. I take Hawkinson a lot more, but I do think there's a, there's a shot that he shatters a rookie record. I, I, you know, if he gets used all over the field, the key is how many routes is he in? If he's stuck at 70%, he's not going to do it. If he's at 80 to 90% of the route. So every time the Falcons drop back to pass, if he's in a route 80 to 90% of the time, and that means they're using him everywhere. Cause I think if he's just lining up as a tight end, that's not going to happen because he's going to be sharing some time with Hayden Hurst. So he's going to have to play the slot. He's going to have to play receiver, which they're saying he's going to do. And so I think there is a chance, but it's, I, I wouldn't say that like, I'm, I'm betting on the come that, Hey, I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm just saying, if you want to be aggressive and that's the way you think, um, then why not switch out pits for chase or one of those other guys, just because if he does blow up, the position is worth so much more. You have a chance to get someone that can compete with Kelsey and Waller and those other guys. That's a big benefit. So I got a text from my home ex high school football teammate. And he was asking me for some fancy advice. I love that as much as I love answering DMS and ads from people that I will probably never meet and don't even know. It's good to get one of the hometown boys hitting you up. And he tells me, he's like, Hey, dynasty got Najee Harris going first. Who should I take second chaser Javante? And I was like, I, I think you should go Kyle Pitts, man. He showed me his team. He had no semblance of a tight end. And he was just like, dude, I can't take a tight end. Just completely dismissed my advice. So screw me, I guess fair play to him, but guys in dynasty, like, I could even think if you, if you're good at RB, I would almost take Kyle Pitts first overall. Like Pitts is number one overall in yeah. dynasty. Thank you. Yeah. You hear, that, you hear that Panit number one. So <laughs> heard it from Dwayne heard it from me. I love it. All right, guys. Next question. Best tight end, not being drafted. And you know, let's just say like best tight end outside your top 15 in the ranks. I'm going to start and go with, Blake Jarwin, who, even though he doesn't have the best usage right now, we're seeing a lot of Dalton Schultz out there too. 
Like Dwayne said, let's draft like we're right. Let's draft like the Cowboys are going to use the guy that just gave $24 million in the role he was supposed to have last year. Seam stretcher has such a higher ceiling than anything Schultz could bring to the table. Maybe it's not ideal, but again, not being drafted, Blake Jarwin down the road, particularly in some of these, you know, premium stuff where he, maybe he will be going at the end. I get it in one tight end leagues. He's not going, but guys, the more I get to the end of these best ball drafts at this point, if I don't have a tight end, I'm taking my guy Jarwin. Cause again, even if he doesn't have the full-time role, at least what he does have is a fancy friendly one where he's not getting these, you know, Jason Witten four yard dump downs and then fall forward for six yards. So I'm going to go with Jarwin. Andrew, who would you say as the best tight end? Can I guess Andrew's first? Can I try to yeah. guess Andrew? Yeah. Try to guess. Austin Hooper. Yes. Austin Hooper was going to be my, 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 uh, cause I think I have him at tight end. 16, so you, so. Hold on. So you're cheating on Jordan Akins right now. That's what you're saying. Uh, Jordan Akins has played four snaps in the preseason and has not played. <laughs> he's only played on third down. So I got big concerns for Jordan Akins. I'm just hoping that they're just saving him for the regular season. That's why he's not playing at all. And, you know, he's playing they're saving him for social security. He's already like 50. And he's been in the league two years. Yeah, but this is that's perfect for tight ends. Like that's oh, that's the that's AJ, true. that's the AJ Pex <laughs> for the tight end. So yeah, I mean, I like Austin Hooper a lot because I think that he is going to be featured in the offense. The Browns use a lot of their tight ends, even though they have other ones, Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. You know, he's featured part of the offense. So you look at his target rate last year before and after the Odo Beckham Jr. injury, he was top six. And really, you're just banking on okay, can Hooper be a red zone weapon for Baker Mayfield? I like Baker Mayfield a lot to have an above average efficiency passing season. I think that he can throw a lot of touchdowns in his second year with Kevin Stefanski. I think that Austin Hooper can kind of be on the receiving end. So I kind of think he could be Robert Tanyan of 2021. I like that comp. Dwayne, you agree? You got some. Oh, I love, I love the comp. I, he, I think Andrew's hitting it dead on. It's these, these tight ends and these types of offenses, Irv Smith has the same kind of ceiling. He could get, he could get that touchdown um, luck factor going his way. Um, it's the same offense really for both of them. And either one of them, you could look up back. Oh, wow. Awesome. Hooper, 10 touchdowns, Irv Smith, 11 touchdowns. And they're sitting at 600 yards, but at the end of the day, they're in the top 10 tight ends because of the touchdowns. And so it's just an offense that puts teams in a bind, the play action, the run, run, you know, Ian, former linebacker, you got to worry about the fill, man. Got to worry about the fill. You got to worry about your run fit tight end sneaks in behind you. It's like, man, this is not fair. Especially whenever they got a little bit of athleticism, which Hooper and Irv Smith both do. I'm going to go with Cole Komet for mine. Um, down the stretch last year, he really displaced Jimmy Graham was handling routes over 80% of the time, which is really what I'm looking for, for a tight end. I don't want him blocking. I don't want him sharing time with another tight end. He's validated that point in the first preseason game. He missed last week with a hamstring. So kind of keeping an eye on the injury, um, but it sounds like everything's okay on that front. So I would go with Cole Komet as being the guy that has that potential upside to be as high as the number two option in the really vaunted bears passing attack <laughs> that everyone fears. Yeah. I mean, you look at these later round guys and Hooper's in every down tight end as well, but Komet seeing those, you know, 80, 90, even a hundred percent snap counts down the stretch. Like that's what we want at this point. We just can't have, unfortunately guys we were touting a month ago, like Anthony Ferkser, Adam Troutman, guys that just aren't even going to be on the field enough to make a big impact. Just a couple of these. I don't think we all need all three need to go over real quick. Why is Keenan Allen going under the radar? He shouldn't be. He's my wide receiver six. He's going to absolutely get fed targets. Please draft him. Are we avoiding Joe Mixon and Najee Harris because of subpar O-lines? We are not. Just like we're not avoiding Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook for their subpar O-lines. 
uh, will my helicopter be back this year? Yes, I will get less in my feelings when I mess up. I could freaking win $1,000 on DraftKings, but if I lost my helicopter, I felt like shit for two days. But <laughs> it's a silly thing online. I've gotten over it. We're back. We're flying. Hopefully a few of them, uh, hopefully less of them crash in 2021. It was a messed up 2020, people. What do you want from me? Um, will can Justin Herbert repeat his performance from last year? Dwayne, let me get your thoughts on here because you you've had a really good explanation on this related. Not so much Herbert, you know, maybe he regresses, maybe he doesn't, but more so your concern is the play volume. Yeah. So I have Herbert down for 600 passing attempts. He threw 595 last year in 15 games. So we have, we're in a 17 game season. So that tells you, I think this run, this offense is going to be more balanced. They're still going to pass more than they're going to run the ball. But I think um, when you look at the, what's happening, you got Brandon Staley coming over, which the good thing is he wants to bring the same tempo from LA, but he's a defensive minded coach, right? If you look at all the coordinators that they brought over first, you've got Lamar Lombardi from the saints. And if you listen to Jared cook, and you listen to some of the veterans when they talk about the offense and the install, they said 40% of the offense is going to be the old Saints scheme, but 60% is really going to be Kyle Shanahan, and the 49ers, who they have some assistants that hey, they've also come over from the 49ers, and that's the ground game. So they're going to install the wide zone. You're going to get more play action. You're going to get more bootlegs, all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of like what Andrew was talking about with the Browns. I, th I think the efficiency goes up for Herbert, but I think they're going to try to be a little bit more balanced. Now, you could have defensive injuries. You could have all sorts of weird things that blow all of that out of the water. And all of a sudden Herbert needs to throw just as much as he did last year. I just don't think he's going to drop back to pass as much. I still expect him to be an okay quarterback. And I know people are like, okay, just okay. I have a few concerns. I think there's some red flags. If you look at his um, accuracy um, from the pocket, which is really what the most consistent thing in his performance from the pocket on clean pockets not good. 26 out of 32 passers. If you look at him under pressure, it was really good, but that's not a sticky stat. You look at his accuracy overall, it was okay. Not great. If you look at his um, passes that were uncatchable, that was also bad. So he has several things that when I look at it, I'm like, eh, you know, there's just enough. The scheme's changing. Um, you know, he's got some stats that are normally stable that we would use to project year over year that he, they're just not going in his favor. So I have just enough of a little bit of a question mark about Herbert that where he's going, that's the other thing. And it's like, you always say it's the ADP, not the player, but I feel like his downside is he could really be more like a Kirk cousins. He could be more like, um, you know, a Baker Mayfield and not that those players are bad, but I feel like he could be operating more within the confines of an offense and needing to be efficient. And you get more ups and downs out of that type of quarterback. He's kind of, for me, like a completely different player, but he's like Jalen hurts for me with the ADP where I wasn't getting any hurts earlier in the off season when he was going as QB six, QB seven. Now, when he's down by that QB one borderline, yeah, I'll happily scoop him up. I'm not sure Herbert's going to get there. If he does, Hey, let's do it. Andrew, if both start all 17 games, Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And why is it Trey Lance? For all of the reasons above, again, you have all the better pass catchers, the better supporting cast. You have the better head coach. You have, it's everything. Like the situation is just better. Shanahan over Nagy. It's, it's night and day. PFF Lily, who I got groomed today and they gave her little bows in her ears. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Local PetSmart of Cincinnati. PFF Lily's American Express. Don't leave your fantasy draft without this guy this year. I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd. I've, you know, bored you listeners enough with that reasoning. So you get it at this point, Dwayne, who is your PFF Lily's American Express? Don't leave your fantasy draft without this guy. Jalen Waddle, man. Jalen Waddle. I mean, you just heard that list I gave you earlier. He goes number six overall in the draft. I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's, 
pretty low bust rate. You feel pretty good about where you're getting him right now. It's not like Devontae Parker's been an awesome player. Will Fuller's on and off the field. I think Waddle leads this team. Andrew? Jerry Judy. Our all hair, our air yards king from 2020. Now we got Teddy under center. Oh, I'm still hurt by that, but that's a topic for another day. Now you've moved ADP too much, Andrew. Now everybody loves Jerry Judy. Thanks a lot. Way to go. <laughs> He's been skyrocketing, man. It is crazy. Uh, David Johnson, PPR floor and ceiling. Just don't draft David Johnson. So who cares? I was going to say there's no difference between the floor and the ceiling. <laughs> He has, to, he has to get cut and go to another team. Like that's what he needs. To, that's a ceiling. <laughs> Medium projection or ceiling. Just <laughs> it's razor thin margins, man. And it's not good. All right. This is a pretty good one. All right. So if you'll anchor RB or even zero RB, you know, you get all your wide receivers. Maybe you get lucky, you get Waller at round three. Are you targeting floor plays more so in rounds eight through 10, as opposed to upside? So I guess like the argument would be, you know, you only have one running back. Let's say there's AJ Dillon there who, you know, will be pretty good, but could have a great year. Or do you take, or that's a bad example. Hold on. Let's say like Tony Pollard between like Giovanni Bernard, like, do you really take someone that, you know, has less of a ceiling just because you can actually put them out there and get points? Or are you still saying, I, I want to hit all these picks first or last baby. Let's do it. Andrew, what do you think? I would probably try to be first or last. I mean, you can, again, week one might be shaky and you might have to play some guy you're not really comfortable with, but you're going to find guys that you can then fill in that are going to end up having a role because guys are going to get hurt. So in the meantime, when you're drafting, you might as well, go after the upside and hope that, okay, Zeke gets hurt. Now I have Tony Pollard and this other stud running back. Basically, I'll have two top 10, top five running backs in my team. So, and if that happens, you're unstoppable. And right. yeah, Andrew's yeah. Andrew's right. Like if you're going to draft that way, you should have the long-term mindset. So take, if you like Dylan, take him in the ninth. If you like Pollard, take him in the 10th. And I would fact, I would in fact say on these players, take them. Once you've decided that's your strategy for your draft, don't be shy, reach around. It doesn't matter anymore. You've already, you've got six or seven receivers. You've got your anchor running back. Maybe you've got your tight end. Don't be shy. Screw ADP. Now ADP is only telling you how far do I need to reach to make sure I get the guys I want. Cause like for me, when I build a team that way, my goal is to come away with one of Dillard or Paul, uh, Dylan and Pollard. If I can come away with two of them, I want to. And then I want to come back to the well for Madison and like the 12th or 13th round. And then I want to get one of Chuba Hubbard or Tony Jones jr. So, I mean, I'm or, or Darrington Evans. Like I want another one. I want like four of those guys. Now it depends on how deep your rosters are. Like you're sitting here listening to this. You're like, wow, we draft 14 players can't do that Dwayne. you're right you can't so you got to figure you got to adjust based on your league but what i'll say is you can do both so when i have that strategy i will also circle back in a ppr and i'll grab a naheem hines i'll i'll grab a james connor in the it's like an oreo sandwich man upside on both sides and in the middle you got nice creamy james connor i don't know if that's going to sound good when we replay this it's probably going to look really bad on social media but you can do both you can achieve both just seconds after the reach around joke, Dwayne goes with that one. I love it. <laughs> That's what happens when we crack open the beer before the pot, everyone. Let's go. Dwayne, you mentioned a lot of good late round picks already, and I would just reiterate Chuba. He has the Mike Davis role, 27 of 28 first team snaps with McCaffrey sideline. Make sure you scoop him up late. Tips for first time in an auction draft. I would just say do it live. It is so much more fun if you can handle it that way. Got to pay an auctioneer and all that. But you know what? It's worth it. Go get the buddies. Go have a good time. Guys, last question. And for those of you that are questions you did not get to, I will be sure to go answer you on Twitter. So apologies for less of an explanation. But, you know, that's his life sometimes. Best question we got. 
Which NFL player would be the most dominant on the football field if their mind, not body, their mind was transferred into the body of their team's name? Oh, I see what's happening. So it is the body. Okay. So the example is like Aaron Donald as an adult Ram, Khalil Mack <laughs> as a bear. So with this in mind, okay, I'm going with Chris Herndon turning into a physical jet. Who can guard a freaking plane out there? And he'll just be hanging out there in the cockpit, put his hands out and score 20 touchdowns a year like I was hoping for. Dwayne, who is your NFL player that you want their mind and their team's mascot? Well, it's like you would say Derrick Henry being a Titan, but he's already a freaking Titan. Like the dude's <laughs> enormous. So I will go with Lamar Jackson, right? And the Raven. Like imagine Lamar Jackson being able to read the coverage and hit the outside deep passes and make defenses respect every area of the field. He would become the most unstoppable player in the NFL if he could do those things. So I will go with Lamar Jackson. Andrew, I know you put a lot of thought in this one. What you got? Joe Mixon as a tiger. No <laughs> one will disrespect him anymore and the hate will go away. I like Rawr. it. This I was like, a, is this like a Google interview? Like this was like <laughs> a question we would be asked by like Google. <laughs> like something I'd come up after uh, a couple extra hours doing something. Like <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals account today tweeted out a picture of Mixon looking swaggy in his visor. And they, I'm sure everyone's seen that video of that shit. high school. Ian's football. moving him up. Ian's moving him up. Swag alert. Swag <laughs> <laughs> alert. It's that like high school football player. And he's going, he's like, I'll just go with the running backs. So-and-so dog, this guy, dog, this guy, dog. So Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon, dog, let's go. And someone says, well, I think he's technically a cat, but fair points all around guys. Great stuff. Andrew Erickson, Dwayne McFarlane, find all their stuff on PFF.com Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore Dwayne. Are you at Dwayne McFarlane? I just know your context matters. At Dwayne McFarlane. You got it. D-W-A-I-N-M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D. Love it. Great job by host Ian at iHeartIt's on Twitter. Thank you listeners out there for following us along. Good luck in your fantasy drafts. If you have any last second questions, feel free to reach out to any of us on Twitter. We will do our best to get to you. As always, you can check out our rankings, articles, podcast projections, all that. PFF.com. Use code KICKOFF30 for 30% off. You can get all that shit for $7, people. Someone comment on my article today. I got to pay for this. I know it's not ideal. I wouldn't love to as well, but it's $7. That's like four bucks less than a Chipotle burrito and a drink today for all this stuff. You know, just do a favor. That's all I'm saying. If you feel like it, it's $7. So check off 30, check it out. Andrew, Dwayne, Ian, PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody. 